Join the conversation now on the WVMT Morning Drive with Kurt and Anthony. 888-414-0303. I was born in a small town, Virgins, and uh, welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Kelly here this morning. Kelly filling in for Anthony Neary. Good morning again, Kelly. Good morning. It's been an exciting couple of days. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, well, that's good because you're back again tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So you better be. Now, joining us in studio now as we're continuing the theme of town meeting day elections, which are coming up fast now, one week from today. It's Ward 3 City Council candidate, Christopher Aaron Felker, and Burlington City Republican Chair. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Kurt. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Good morning. So give us the... Chris, let's start with your campaign. Give us the lay of the land. Uh, Ward 3 has changed a little bit due to redistricting. Can you tell us, give us a little, you don't have to get into the weeds, but how has the district changed, essentially? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The the ward. Yes, so Ward 3 is part of Central District, which traditionally had an east-west divide, with Ward 2, the progressive stronghold, being over towards on the east side towards the university, and Ward 3 being west of Elmwood, and over to Lakeview Terrace, down to Lake Street, and including the Church Street Marketplace. Uh, that's how it was. Redistricting cut my ward in half. The dividing line is now, instead of east-west, is north-south, right on North Street, literally right across the street from me. Thanks, everybody. Um, so it's, um, it's a whole new map. You know, it's like taking your, going from portrait, uh, going from landscape to a portrait. Um, so it's a different picture of the city. I mean, one thing I do uh, like about it is that it allows the downtown, which is such an important part, I think, of our community. It certainly is a significant part of us being able to have enough money to run the city is now more of a consolidated ward. I don't know if that's going to change the election results. Um, you know, we have uh, a part of the ward is the old North End that has has been a progressive stronghold for a while. And then the other part of it is where you have residents who live downtown were getting more apartments in mm-hmm. there and uh mm-hmm. you know i think they're they're sort of there is s- sort of some lack of commonality between those two groups yeah you're you're absolutely right kelly there is that progressive stronghold area traditionally that strip between uh north street and pearl street and then once you hit the church street marketplace you start getting into more um more property owners, people who own their, even their apartments downtown. And so they are a little bit more invested in the city. They have a direct, uh, experience with the changes in the Church Street marketplace. They feel it faster, quicker, and more intensely than people that are five blocks up a little bit more. So you, this isn't your first time running city council, correct? Correct. Yeah. Correct. I've learned some dance moves. This is my third time around. I, I first ran in a special election when Brian Pine, uh, left it, vacated his seat in August of 2021. Uh, one, Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, and so. then it was a six month seat and, uh, I ran against Joe McGee, uh, yep. lost. Uh, that was the first time that I ever stepped foot into politics before. Many people didn't know who I was, but we, we placed third and that was fine. We got up, uh, took the loss, uh, dusted ourselves off and suited up and showed up the next day, uh, and kept coming back to meetings, kept going to city council, kept going to the NPAs kept providing some Republican leadership in town because, um, like Kurt, like, uh, Kurt said, that I am also the chair of the Republican Party. 
in my ward, in Ward 3, when we have our NPA meetings, it tends to be largely dominated by progressive voices. And that has had a negative effect on community turnout and engagement. And so I am determined to be able to show up and provide an alternative voice routinely, whether it's popular or not, um, to the issues that we have going on before the NPA. And the great thing about always showing up is that when those unintended consequences that I warned about six months earlier come to fruition and everybody can't deny it anymore, I'm sitting in the room saying, I told you so. We're talking to Chris Aaron Felker this morning. If you have a question for Chris, he is the he is the Republican candidate in Ward 3 in Burlington, and he's also the Burlington City Republican chair. If you have a question for Chris, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. Chris, I know you uh, you put out a statement um, about the, uh, the knife-wielding person. There was a two-hour standoff in the Old North End, and you put out a statement saying this was 50 feet away from our door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also talked about it in terms of, uh, you know, you also had the the uh, more sort of the takeover of tea rugs, where a person had hostages and was making yeah. Molotov cocktails. You talk in this statement about how people's houses have been broken into, et cetera, but yet people keep electing the same progressive type candidates. Is what you're talking about in your yeah. statement? Can you talk about that a little bit about what what you see, what you're hearing from people in regard to public safety? Well, for public safety, I've been, I've been talking about public safety for each one of my elections. And, um, I, I've always been a proponent of the police. I've always, from the very beginning, was advocating for a return of the officer staffing levels to 86 to 88%. That was confirmed again by the CNA report. Another great, I told you so moment. Um, we want, we want to support some reforms in the police department, like further expanding the CSL-CSO program, because that is really beneficial to our city and to helping our community also. It's imperative that we rebuild these relationships, and the only way we can get rebuild these relationships is when we reach a level of staffing that the officers can get out of their cars and start walking the beat and building relationships in the community. That is important. And I am... a incredibly alarmed to have learned about an an uptick in fights in BHS and inside our school systems and i think it's high time that we re um we reapproach the subject of um of service officers in in school yeah. all right let's go to the phone lines caller you are on the morning drive with Christopher Aaron Felker Christopher Aaron Felker this is Chuck out in Milton and um, I had a couple, uh, just a question for you. Uh, I know after that last question, your stance on policing and all, but um, myself and a lot of people that are out here in the the uh, hinterlands of the, the, the county um, just won't go to Burlington anymore. Just the just the uh, air of things going on in there, and uh, you know it's a beautiful city, and it used to be a beacon for the the state. But what uh, what what are your thoughts on turning that attitude around? Um, because we'd love to be able to come to Burlington and enjoy some of the, the better things again. I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call. Chris, what do you think? What, what has happened to Burlington, and why has it happened? Well, I do believe that there's been a more permissive, an evolution to a more permissive nature in Burlington, especially in the last six years. But since the pandemic, that seems to have really picked up the pace. Um, there are... 
There's not just one major problem that Burlington's facing. There are three simultaneous and overlapping problems, public safety being one of them, housing affordability being another, and addiction. And they they do overlap each other in many, many ways. And we have to be able to focus on providing solutions to all three of these to bring stability back to Burlington. I have a tremendous amount of faith in Chief Murad. I believe that so far... The city council has corrected its course from their mistakes of the past. And if we continue on this trajectory with Chief Murad at the helm, that we are in good hands here. As long as the council continues to provide support and doesn't make any other drastic um, changes. Um, from there, um, I would suggest there are different ways that the city can reevaluate the way that we manage some things. I think that perception and safety uh, go in hand in hand. And here in city parking garages, we have seen an alarming uptick in car break-ins, robberies, shootings, uh, public sex acts, <laughs> drug addiction. Uh, it is devastating. People want to, Church Street Marketplace cannot survive on the thoughts and prayers of Burlingtonians alone. We need to be able to be a welcoming economic environment for our neighboring municipalities, our neighbors in Jericho, in Williston, in Shelburne, in Charlotte, to want to come up here to shop on our marketplace and to be able to leave unmolested and unharmed. And the best way to do that, my friend, is to um, change the way we run city parking garages. Right now, you pull in, you drive around in circles forever until you find a spot, you park your car, and then anybody can walk into the building and do whatever. Um, you can change these over to valet service. Uh, you can fit more cars in there. The only people who drive inside the building are city employees. By the way, that's a union job. Uh, and you can decrease your liability insurance. You won't have shootings. You won't have break-ins. You won't have drug addicts overdosing in the staircases because it's going to be all locked up. And you can come in. You can hop out of your car, walk down to the Church Street Marketplace, engage in commerce, have a nice dinner, and go back, and somebody will deliver your car Chris, to you. Me, you let, can leave un. Let me jump in. Um, do you think there there are those who think that this crisis has been been created by the state and and Moreau Weinberger, who's considering a run for governor, is probably one of those that thinks at least in part that the state's shutting down the motel program that that's why we're facing what we're facing in Burlington. What do you think of that? You know that's a hard sell for me, Moreau. Um, I, I'm not about to shirk responsibility. He, the buck stops somewhere. This is his city. He's been mayor for 12 years. Like I said last time I was on the show, everything that's going right in Burlington is to his credit. And everything that's wrong is in part his fault. People can shirk responsibility and say, oh, well, this is a crisis. It's happening all across the country. Fine, that's great. But we elected you here, so that way that wouldn't happen. So we expected better from you. All right, we need to hit the break. Um, we're going to hit the break, and right after that, we'll be back with more from Ward 3 City Council candidate Chris Aaron Felker right after this. The only morning show talking to local people about local issues. Every day, The Morning Drive with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620 WVMT. All right, we are back on The Morning Drive here with Christopher Aaron Felker and Ward 3 City Council candidate and the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline's open, and we'll go right to it. Caller, you're on the air with Chris Felker. Hey, good morning, folks. Um, I was hoping uh, Chris could explain his understanding of the relationship between the housing affordability issues in Burlington and our education 
funding system or and you know expand upon the relationship between financing city government and our Burlington school district. Thank you very much. Boy, there's a there's a big issue to tackle. Okay. Um so housing affordability impacted by um school funding. Okay. Um so when a property ta- when a property in Burlington is assessed for taxes, um, if you are a homeowner and that is your primary homestead, uh, you and you have a certain income level, you could be eligible for income sensitivity through the state, which would reduce your personal property tax burden on your homestead. Now, and that applies across the board if it's your homestead and you are the owner. Now, if you are a renter in Burlington, which um, the estimates are two-thirds or 66% up to almost 70% of Burlingtonians being renters, which is ridiculously out of whack um, and helps also contribute to rising rents and the supply and demand crisis that we are in. Chris, all I'm going to ask right you is don't go too far into the weeds because okay, that, that, deep that topic can take yeah, well, us without a... Right, <laughs> so... Rental properties, your property, your landlord, that property pays 120% of the assessed value. Is that incorrect, Kelly? Uh, that doesn't, that what, only applies to commercial properties, not multifamily. So not a duplex, but if it's a six-unit building run by a property. It's only yeah, commercial. No, it's a, yeah, it's only commercial properties. Thank you. Yeah, so if you have a commercial property that has the first couple of floors are stores and the rest is... Um, residential, the it's actually apportioned. Okay, so yeah. if it is a six-unit rental building, six to twelve to ten, uh, they are paying one hundred percent. They are not income yes. sensitized at all. Yeah, but at so the, yeah. when taxes do go up, the taxes on your rental building go up, and then in therefore your rent goes up. Now in with housing affordability and inclusionary zoning, uh, the mandate to have like 20% units set at an, at a, a quote, air quote, affordable price means that that difference between market rate and subsidized is transferred to the market rate, which increases the upward, um, pressure. Do you on think, that. Chris, that, uh, people in Stowe were in Montpelier the other day complaining about the system saying, look, we need a school construction here, and we couldn't pass a bond because most people are not income sensitized in our community. But in Burlington, because of the system we're in, they can go out and pass a $165 million bond because the vast majority of their residents are income sensitized. Do you think, do you think the people in your district in Ward 3 should be concerned because many of them are income sensitized, right? Uh, do you think the people in Ward 3 should be concerned about property tax increases? Well, I, I do, and I also think that, well, because we're we're set to get a triple whammy, right? We're talking about from the state, from the school, from the municipality. So, yeah, if you're income sensitized and it's still going up like 3% or something, like that, that's, that's an impact on your fixed income. But it should terrify renters. Do you support the three-cent uh, property tax increase that's on the ballot this year? Well, I'm the only candidate all throughout the city that has campaigned on a pledge that for my entire term, the first two years, that I will not vote for or support any tax increase, any rate increase, or any fee increase. So I can't argue out both sides of my mouth, Kirk. I'm telling people to vote no on one, vote no on two. The monies regarding police, funding the police, those monies are fungible. We can 
fund the police fully, just according to Moreau and everybody's plan, but we have to make heavier cuts in the rest of the city budget. So let's bring some of that Argentinian economic passion and afuero, afuero. We'll get rid of some, 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 some dead weight and some bloat in the budget. All right, we only got two or three minutes left. Let's try to grab another phone call. Caller, you're on the air with Christopher Aaron Felker. Oh, let's go to let's go to another line. Um, can we uh, talk? You want to talk a little? We're bit? We're going to another oh, line first. Okay. okay, sorry. Sure. Go ahead, caller. You're on the air with Christopher and Felker. Felker. Good morning, Chris. I'm wondering, would you support a city budget that included gender affirming health care and abortion coverage for city employees? What? So yeah. I don't know that that uh, anybody, uh, any city councilor gets to decide about health care coverage on that level from that seat, is my understanding of it. And I'm fairly certain that the legislature has already taken um, measures to ensure that health insurance providers, in order to be able to market in, in Vermont, um, can't have any kind of exclusionary practices on it. So uh, I, I encourage the caller to maybe do a little bit more research on the subject before. All right, let's get one more quick call in before... Caller, you're on the air with Christopher Aaron Felker, and we lost him. Kelly, you had a question. So uh, you talk about addiction on your policy plan oh. here, and um, I wonder, you know, we uh, the legislature is, is, is I think, likely going to move on a safe injection site. If that were to pass and um, move forward, Burlington is one of the cities named. Uh, where do you stand on the pr- proposed safe injection site for Burlington? I have been on record battling the activist and Sarah George on this subject for years before I even entered into politics. Um, I actively oppose illicit injection facilities. I oppose them each time they bring them up. I oppose this bill, too. And after hearing from um, one of our friends, who's a representative from Colchester, he explained to me that a couple of alarming things that are in this, um, this bill that allows it there's no age restriction so you could be a minor and you could go in and use overdose and leave and the state has no requirement to alert or inform your parents chris i want to hear we're almost out of time i want to just on this topic i want to hear though what the proponents say is this saves lives and it will get people off uh, from shooting up and needles being all over the city it will have it done in one particular place now how do you respond to those advocates and proponents of uh, two things that they think are, are, are good? That's a complete fantasy. Uh, it's just not going to be that way. Um, and I don't see how you can corral people who are addicted down to there and, and hold them there. Um, it's not a detention center. They're going to still use. Um, I don't think it's the way. I think, sadly, I think it's the epitome of kick the can um, politics. We need prevention, and we need treatment beds in this state. And, again, the legislature needs to act to make it a hospitable environment for new treatment facilities to open up in this state. We need to make some legislative changes. Medicaid needs to cover a full 30 days of inpatient treatment because that is the only way it's going to work. The city of Burlington, as a city councilor, we will actively pursue opening up more halfway houses because – Continued supportive environments are what allow people to right. thrive and recover Chris, from addiction. We're out of time, Thank Chris. You. I, no, I want you to take 30 seconds, just 30 seconds. Tell us, the people of Ward 3 that are listening this morning, why should they vote for you uh, early or a week from today? Well, the people of uh, Vermonters vote for people who they know and they feel have put in the work. 
Ward 3 residents, whether they uh, agree with me all the time or not, they they know who I am and they know I put in the work and they know that I'm always listening and that I'm amenable to anything that they want to talk about. And so I'm always there and I'm always here for Burlington. And how can they reach you? They can reach out to me through my campaign website, which is felker4ward3.com. That's F-E-L-K-E-R-F-O-R-W-A-R-D number three dot com. There he is, Christopher Aaron Felker. He's running for city council in Ward 3. Good luck next week, Chris. Thanks, man. Thanks.